Welcome to our TNT, our Tuesday and Thursday morning devotional. My name is Mike. I'm our friends with Campus Pastor, and I'm so excited and honored to be with you guys. Uh, I want to tell you, I believe that our time is our greatest asset, and so thank you so much for spending a few minutes this morning. Um, Pastor Tim told me I had two hours. Oh, take away one zero. I had 20 minutes to share with you guys about, so I'm really excited to be here with you. Hey, but before we get started, I want to share something with you. This weekend, we start our brand new series called Murder Hornets. Yes. I said murder hornets. And uh, um, in fact, whoever, uh, the way you win a certain prize, I'm going to tell you what that prize is here in a moment. You win a prize by having the best chat or the best comment about murder hornets. And uh, this will be your prize. Yes, it is a murder hornet. Look at how big that thing is. My gosh, I'd like to put this in my kid's bed and see how they'd wake up and respond. But uh, yeah, you get a free murder hornet if you uh, are chosen. So make sure this weekend, 945 at our services, that you comment, uh, say something about murder hornets, and uh, you'll be a part of that. We're really excited about it. Make sure you join us this weekend. So real quick, I want to see uh, who's responding. So I see Nancy Brennan. Uh, uh, is responding. Hey, don't forget guys. Uh, so if you are on Facebook live or YouTube live, man, we would love to hear where you're from, what's going on in your life. And, uh, uh and Hey, in fact, I see Albert and Alicia DeLeon here on, uh, Facebook. Awesome. Awesome. I'm, I apologize on YouTube. Um, there's Heidi and, uh, Chris, Chris Richards, Nikki Booker. Hey, what's going on? Tabitha Brigham. See you there. All right. Um, Gordon, see you there. Hey, Ed Martinez. So make sure that you're marking, and I see, okay, here's Clint over on Facebook, Clint Man. So make sure that you're marking uh, where you're from, uh, what's going on in your life, and uh, real quick, if it's your first time here, we want to remind you, hey, put in a prayer request. We have a army of just awesome, awesome folks who would be honored to hear about what's going on in your life, and they would love to pray for you. Um, it just, it would be an honor for us. So it's been about four months. Think about this. Let this sink in for a moment. It's been about four months since our lives have been dramatically impacted. I can still remember the day, it was spring break, right after spring break, when we went and talked to our kids and we told them, guys, you are not going back to school. You're staying at home. They were like, yeah, they were so excited, man. <laughs> if you know our kids, they were very animated and they were stoked about getting to stay home. And, and uh, now... It's been like four months. And guys, let me just tell you something. They are so excited to go to school. They went from excited to be at home to now, please let us back at school. Truth is, they're tired. They're tired of the way things are. They want some change. You know, truth is, I'm tired. It's weird. I'm exhausted in ways I didn't know I could be. Truth is, you may be tired. You may be overwhelmed with the way things are as well. In fact, one study suggested that there's actually a kind of fatigue that can come from the overwhelming sense of anxiety caused by COVID. Um, it just overwhelms us. And, and, and there's almost a despair of some sort. And another study I recently read suggested that um, we can actually get overwhelmed or we can just get tired by being on video chatting like Zoom and Facebook. The things that help us connect are the things that can also cause us to become tired. And if you're like me, or I guess if you're human, then it's real easy to do things that are out of character when we're tired. 
Um, it's it just something I think that's a natural thing. Sometimes you react uh, out of character when you're tired. Sometimes you say things you don't mean when you're tired. Um, you just get overwhelmed and you do things that aren't the norm. They aren't who you are. And in fact, I mean, if you look even in the Bible, in the Bible, yes, the Bible, there are people who did things that were out of character when they were tired. In fact, in the Old Testament, there's this guy named Elijah, and man, he's an incredible prophet of God. And, and I'll tell you, Elijah is known for doing so many incredible things for God and being obedient to God. But in one chapter, he actually calls fire down from the sky. Fire, yes. Fire, imagine that, right? So he calls fire down from the sky and in the very in that chapter, and, and just demolishes, annihilates many uh, just evil, evil folks. And then in the very next chapter, the same Elijah who called fire down from the sky is exhausted and tired and he's ready to end it all. Truth is this, we've all been through a lot. There's a good chance that you're tired. There's a good chance that you may have gone through all kinds of craziness and difficulties and you may feel like giving up. But I want to encourage you today, church family, don't throw it all away. Hold on. So if you have your Bibles with you, I want to invite you to turn to the book of Hebrews. We're going to be in um, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35 through 39. <clears throat> hey, but before I read this, I want to pray for you. And what I'm going to do is, after, after, I, after I read it, we're going to go through each one of these scriptures a little bit with as much time as I have. And, and I just kind of want to break these down. I want to invite you to pray with me now. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for all that you've given us and all that you've done through this time, Lord. Thank you for teaching us, loving us, and uh, just being with us. I pray that this morning that you would be louder than me, Lord, and that you would speak into people's hearts and even to my heart. Teach me, teach us all together. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're going to jump into Hebrews 10, 35 to 39. This passage <clears throat> is actually talks all about Christ's sacrifice. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere that's when you, so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. I love that line. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. We do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Man, I read this passage and I just want to go like, amen, God. This is so incredible. This is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. You know, it was originally written in a real difficult time. It was written in a time when Christians were... Um, being uh, persecuted when they were being oppressed. Um, they were experiencing financial loss. Christians were being tortured. They were being murdered. In fact, if you look at the very next chapter of the Bible, chapter 11 of Hebrews, it actually tells us that Christians were being put to the sword and in some cases sawed in half. So this letter was written to remind people in very uncertain times. It's pretty interesting because we're in some pretty uncertain times that we have a God that we can boldly approach because of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. Not because we're good or because we deserve anything or because we're good looking or because we're smart. It's simply because of the incredible love that God has for each and every one of us. It's a reminder that no matter what happens in this world, we can count on God. Which is why um, verse 35 reminds us, don't throw away your confidence. Truth is, things have been hard but you can still be confident of this, that God is going to see us through this. 
God will see you through this time. You can hold on to him. You can be confident in that. I mean, one of the things that I love to do is when I meet a married couple and we do premarital coaching, counseling, whatever you want to call it, um, I love hearing that couple's story. I'll ask them, well, how did you guys meet? Why are you, know, why are you doing this? Why are you getting married? And they, they always get all giddy. They tell me, oh, well, you know, she's so pretty or he's so handsome or I like her nose or they had good breath. I don't know. They say all kinds of funny things that make me crack up and, and they just like so low and they're like, I can't wait to move in together. And they're excited about their story and their life together. But one of the things I always try to challenge them is I try to tell them this. Now, I, I love it that it's your story, but what, what if this was God's story? What if your marriage wasn't just your story? What if it was God's story? I do this because if, if it's your story, if it's just your story, the reality is this. Um, when things don't go right, when he or she gain weight, uh, when they cook a bad meal, can I get an amen, right? Uh, it's easy. It's easy to say, you know what? I don't want to be with you anymore. But if it's God's story, it's different. Because it's not about us anymore. It's not about our emotions. It's not about how we feel today. It's about bringing glory to God. It's about being connected to a different story that's gorgeous and beautiful that only God can create. It's about His story, not ours. And this is the ironic part about it. I would, you know, I don't, I don't always get to tell couples this, but the truth is, if you make your marriage more about God than your own feelings or your own emotions or your own stories, truth is, your marriage is going to be healthier happier and more secure. I think our lives are the very same way. If you're willing to see your life as God's story, especially in times like this, if you're willing to see your life as God's story, then you're going to be able to overcome what's happening right now with joy. And the truth is, I believe that's our reward. But the truth is, you know, the, the scripture does say that we will receive a reward. What is our reward? Of course, one of them is the promise of heaven, right? No matter what happens, it's a win-win. We leave this earth, we spend eternity with the Lord. It's promise. And that's an incredible reward. But I believe there's more than just leaving this earth and having that reward. There's a reward of, I want you to imagine this. What if what we do right now has the ability to impact generations? What if how we are responding to this pandemic to the racial tension, to the political environment, to all the craziness in the world right now. What if we had the ability to impact generation after generation? Let me ask you this. How are you responding to all that's happening in the world right now? Uh, are you responding in such a way that two, three generations, your children, their children's children will be able to look back and say, my great grandparents or those people did this, they responded in obedience to Christ and were faithful in such a way that you can impact generations. In other words, are you creating a legacy? Because if not, you can start to change that. You can look uh, whether you're, the way you're acting interpersonally, are you loving those folks around you? Um, socially, are, how are you loving your neighbors, even if it's from a distance, right? Or even maybe through social media, what are you posting out there? Is it hateful? Is it angry? Well, you know, this is the thing. We have the ability to impact our lives and create legacy and to change the lives of others if we're willing to look at, to change our perspective and to look at the world through the eyes of Christ. Your faithfulness and obedience to Jesus can change everything. And that's why in verse 36, he says, you need to persevere. You know, the definition of pers perseverance is persisting and doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. 
In other words, man, you got to stay the course and get it done no matter what happens to you. You stay committed even if there's no reward. It's what we often call grit, right? Which means you just get it done, tenacity, no quit. You know, recently I read a, an article by the University of Stanford that they released regarding perseverance. And they had one line, one line that sum, just summed up the entire study. And it said this, that perseverance without passion isn't grit. It's just grind. Perseverance without passion isn't grit. It's just grind. And so as Christians, it's different. So if we're going to persevere during troubling times, we can't just grind things out. But we have to be passionate about Jesus. You see, hard work is great and God loves hard work. But hard work has to be motivated by heart work. A love for our Lord and Savior Jesus. That's what changes everything. It's why Jesus, when asked, hey, what's the greatest commandment? You remember they asked him this, and he responded, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. You know, the perseverance the scriptures are teaching us about, it comes from a deep love of Jesus. If not, we're just rule followers. That's it. We're just people who are doing the right thing because it's the rules. But if you've read the Bible even just a little bit, you'd know that Jesus actually got on to people who did the right thing just because of the rules. He wants our heart, not just us doing the right thing. All right, guys, so I'm going real slow. I'm still stuck on 36, so I need to speed it up. And in verse 36, so he says this, you need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. And I love this, guys. I love it when we talk about the promises of God. The reality is, what has God promised to each and every one of us who, put, who choose to put their trust in him? Uh, man, there's innumerable promises that he has. But this morning, what I want to do <clears throat> is I'd like to give you seven promises from Scripture that you can hold on to. I would encourage you, if you've got a pen or, or if you've got your phone out or your, or your Bible app or something, and, and you can take notes, I would write these seven Scriptures down. And I'll just call them God will promises. Number one, God will never leave you or forsake you. That's out of Deuteronomy 31.6. He actually tells you to be strong and courageous before, but uh, that he will never leave you or forsake you. Deuteronomy 31.6. Second promise is this, God will always love you. And that's, you know, Romans 5.8 tells us how God demonstrates his love to us. Think about this. You know, Bible tells us that God demonstrates his love to us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. I mean, man, I can barely demonstrate love in a good way to my kids when they're good. But Jesus demonstrates it to us when we're messed up and broken. And that is some serious love. Number three, God will protect you. God will protect you. And uh, one of my favorite Psalms, Psalms 91, Psalms 91 11 in particular, tells us that God takes care of us. He protects us. Number four, God will give you strength. Isaiah 40, 31. And I'll, I'll quote part of the passage. And so it's not specifically 31, but it comes in 31. It's in there and it says, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will soar and not get weary. They'll walk and not faint. And uh, that's a powerful passage. Like God is going to give you strength when you need it. Number five, God will give you rest. And if you look at Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus tells us, you know, come to me, all you are weary, and I will give you rest. And uh, there's times like this where, you know, you're so overwhelmed. And you may not be physically tired, but you may be spiritually and mentally tired. But you can come to Jesus, and he's going to give you rest. 
Number six, God will provide for you. And I like the verse out of Philippians 4.19 where it says, God will provide for us or give us provision out of his riches and glory. I mean, man, those are some deep pockets our heavenly father has. So um, God's going to take care of you. All you got to do is meet with him. And, and the final promise that I want to mention this morning is God will give you peace. And remember in the Bible, John 14.27, Jesus says he's going to give us peace. These are just a few promises that God has that given us as followers of Jesus. You have these. These are promises that God has given you. And you can have confidence that, man, he's going to be with you. You can depend on him. And I love the last few verses um, in the Bible because in, in verse 37, 38, and 39 of Hebrews 10, because it really it helps define who we are. And I'm just going to break down 37 first, and then I'll go into 38 and 39. And it says this. Um, for in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And man, I love this passage because it reminds me that I am not forgotten. Jesus hasn't forgot about his bride, the church. He's coming back in all his glory. And let me tell you, church family, that is going to be an incredibly powerful, glorious day. And if you feel like me, sometimes you just, you flat out, you feel like you've been forgotten. And uh, um, I'll tell you, I, I know how that feels. And you may not believe me, but, or you may find it hard to believe what I'm about to tell you. But it is, you know, it's the truth. So when I was a baby, before I could even walk, I don't remember this, but they told me. So I don't know if they lied to me just to harass me or whatever, my family. But, but I was like in one of those baby things that, you, you know, you carry the baby around in. And uh, my parents would constantly forget me at places. Bear in mind, give them grace. I'm like number nine. I can only even remember. There's so many of us. Uh, there's a lot of us. I'm like the youngest. And they would leave me at all kinds of places in that baby thing. Like one time they were washing clothes. They went to a washeteria. They were washing clothes and uh, they left me. They left me over by the coin machines or on a washer or something. And man, I'll tell you now, I was such a cute, stinking cute baby that I don't know how I didn't get stolen, sold, traded for like gold or something, you know. <laughs> and, and when they came back, from the wash, they realized, I guess they left and like, they, they remembered the clothes, but they didn't remember the baby. Right. So they went back and like all these people were hanging out around me. You know, I'm like I said, I'm surprised they didn't get stolen. Then there's another time they left me at a grocery store and then, it, oh, we, oh, I pray my mom and dad are not listening to this. Mom and dad, you're the best parents ever. Love you. But they also left me at a rest stop. No joke. Like, you know, those dirty rest stops by the side of the road. We used to always stop at those and eat lunch. They left me at a rest stop, guys. I mean, they remembered the bologna and the bread, but they didn't remember the bun that came out of the oven. For real. They left me at a rest stop. So, so I understand what it's like to feel like maybe you've been left out. And the truth is, is this. Maybe you're in the middle of something. Maybe you feel like, God, you've forgotten me. God, you've left me behind. I'm here to tell you today. He is not. He's right with you. You can hold on to your confidence in him. He's with you. And I'm praying that God would reveal himself to you, that as you pray, he would answer your prayers and, and that, you know, that he would grow you in perseverance and passion for him. And that you'd either, number one, get better or you get stronger through this struggle. You know, and then it says, but my righteous one in verse 38 will not live, will live, but my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, 
but to those who have faith and are saved. Man, can that scripture get an amen? That just makes me excited. Yes, church family, I don't know if you heard this, but you are those righteous ones. Church fam, you're not weak, you are strong. You were created to overcome all obstacles, even a stinking pandemic and economic disparity. You belong to the club of not weak and fragile people, but you have a history of overcoming struggle fighting in faith for the love of God Almighty. You are men and women of faith, and that's why you need to know this. No weapon formed against you will prosper. It doesn't mean that we won't go through hard times, because the reality is this. We will go through hard times, but it means that God will be with us, and we'll be able to overcome things. And whether it's on this side of heaven or next, we will see him. I just think this is the key. This is the key. We need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And sometimes we just need to stop watching the news. I'm not saying don't be informed. I'm just saying make sure that you stay informed and meditate on the word of God. Because these are truths. These are real. These are the things that are to come. And we can be, we, you can know that God is going to answer and this is faithful. You know, the truth is, this whole pandemic has struck so many of us in our homes and our families. You know, recently, uh, about a month ago or a month and a half ago, I can't remember now, but <clears throat> I thought I had COVID. It was one of our Thursday night services and I was driving back from service and I didn't feel so good. It was our first Thursday night outdoor service actually. And I thought, oh man, great. You know, I don't feel so good. I'm coming home. I tell my wife, I don't feel so good. She quarantines me. No joke. It's like a scene out of I Am Legend. She tapes, she doesn't tape it, but she puts me in a room, you know, just about ziplocks me in the room. And it's just hilarious. She's like, you know, she's like, you're getting tested tomorrow morning. Thank God I went and got tested. I was okay turned out okay with me. But I'll tell you, it was a horrible feeling to think that I may have gotten my family sick. My brother, my brother and his entire family all have COVID. In fact, my sister-in-law, Gracie, if you would keep her in your prayers, I'd really appreciate that. Um, she's on a ventilator right now. So we're praying for her. My wife's brother and, uh, and his family, they're sick as well. They've got COVID and they're working through it and it's been hard. It's been a struggle, guys. I know this. Maybe someone in your family, maybe um, you right now have COVID. Maybe you're experiencing something and it's overwhelming and you're emotionally taxed and you're worn out. I want you to know this. You can be confident that God has you and we're going to get through this in the name of Jesus. All right, church family, my time is up. Um, thank you once again for just allowing me to come into your homes for a minute. And I hope and I pray that you've been encouraged. Um, looking forward to seeing you this Sunday at 945. Don't forget, Murder Hornets. <laughs> it's going to be an awesome series. Don't forget to make some chats. And man, this thing is huge. And um, on Facebook and Twitter Live. And uh, man, the lobby opens about 930. So make sure that you're there. Invite a friend. And it's going to be good stuff. Hey, but before I leave you, I'd like to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. You know all that they're going through. I pray that you would bless them, help them, and especially those who are suffering with illness, Lord. Help them, Father. Help them get through this tough time. Be louder than all the other stuff that they're hearing. It's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ we all say. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace. God bless you.